HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. For more information, visit meusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. To the Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Hristo Zazowski. We'll talk to Hristo about wine, wine lists, wine awards, sommeliers, and a lot more. We'll taste the Sicilian white and a Piedmont red selected by Hristo for our weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for the Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. All right, advanced sommelier Huristo Zazowski was raised in Greek diners, working the grill, eventually taking him to Culinary Institute of America. Huristo gravitated to the front of the house, first working with Wayne Nish at three-star restaurant March, spent seven years with Jean-Georges von Gerichten at John George, earning a 2010 James Beard Award for Outstanding Wine Service. He joined the Alta Morea Group in 2010, serving as their corporate beverage director since 2014. Christo is a Wine and Spirits Magazine Best New Sommelier, Food and Wine Sommelier of the Year, and I know he's excited about this. He just received the 2018 Wine Spectator Grand Award for the Restaurant A Fiore Wine Program. Christo, welcome to the show. Yeah, pleasure to be here. He's very busy because he's opening all the wine that he brought in. I don't have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to look at it. <laughs> all right. So let's give our audience just a little background 
a little context. So give us a quick background on your journey in life and wine that got you pretty much to where you are today, which is running the uh, beverage program at Alta Maria. Yeah, I... Um I kind of was forced into wine because okay. I, uh, as anything, if you want, um, you, you kind of just, it was a journey. Um, I grew up in, like you said, in working for my dad up, up, up in Rochester, Finger Lakes area, and um, went to CIA and decided at the end, before I ended at CIA, I wanted to go to the front of the house and work service. I just, but you did go to CIA for for culinary. food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. There was only two options back then, culinary. I don't think there's still only two options, culinary and pastry, at least to get started. Right. And then um, moved to the front of the house um, and started, when I moved to New York, I was still 20, 21. I just turned wow. 21. And when I started at March, I was just 21. And um, as a front waiter, um, had to learn wine to be a captain because there's no sommeliers there. Uh, Joe Scalise was the... Uh, owner, wine director, and Wayne Nish was the uh, other partner chef. And I decided, okay, let me see if I like it and bit my teeth there and took some uh, courses with the ASA and met so many uh, wine directors cause, uh, or wine personalities or wine professionals because wine professionals um, Andrew had so many different people coming in and teaching. And that's where um, I decided I wanted to work at Jean-Georges. Um, I heard he was like the nicest French man, and I was like, I don't want to work for French people. Wait, yet. so you, you picked it? It's like this I wanted a- to, yeah. Okay, I, I wanted to try it out, okay. and uh, I definitely jumped in the deep end and became a captain there and worked my way into sommelier. And give yeah. me, give me the years. Jean George, the seven years was from when to when? Two thousand three to two thousand ten. Okay. And um, worked, I went in as a captain because I was like, wow, this is way more advanced than where I came from. And I'd take three steps back and I don't have to worry about closing the restaurant or being a manager or doing inventory or any of this. Let me just be a waiter again and enjoy and see if I really, again, go into another level and see if I'm still passionate about it. And I did. And I kept my nose above water for a while and I eventually got my head above water. And you're always kind of shoulder deep. And, uh, Breathing. Yeah, I was able to breathe most of the time, at least uh, a few hours on the floor every night. There was, um, and then, um, yeah, then I just um, just started getting really good at my craft and had some great mentors with, you know, from Chuck Semyon to Greg Harrington to Bernie Sun to Paul Roberts to all these guys that were either in the city or, you know, you know, I, I, there's a lot of them. And I got into the MS program because I really just wanted to be like, what's the elite? What's the elite? What's the elite? And for me... I think my saying in the 20s is you, you're hungry and you want to do everything, and that's what I was trying to do. And I, kept my head, I still kept my head down, though. My, I, I take pride in being there for seven years and um, working with so many great people, but also meeting so many great people, you know, Daniel Janis and, and uh, you know, just, I, 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 you know, it just was great. Tons. And some friendships that, you know, have grown and are just some of my best relationships now. And then... You know, it took my time at the end thinking, well, I'm, you know, John George is such an established, fantastic, I learned so much about just, not just about wine and food, but just organization and being a perfectionist and just, just, you know, things you can't teach. You just need to be in it for a while. And like, you, you, it's just that clockwork every day, every day, just doing it. And, um, and then um, I knew I was ready to the last year or two like have to find you know i don't i was in a rush like i've done it for that long like right so and then the Altamaria group um came my way and i felt like 
yeah, this is, I was looking for a group like Jean Georges, pre Jean Georges, like 15 years before, because right. everyone there is already there and established. And I know, like, I want to hopefully be that. Um, good and, call. and, you know, so far, so good. I mean, so we're going that, eight, eight years now. That's 2010. 2010. That's the Alta Morea group. Mm hmm. That's Michael White, mm -hmm. um, Maria, Asteria, Marini. We'll get into all that later on. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to current. I'm just curious of a couple things. Was there wine around your family growing up? And in that timeline you gave me, mm -hmm. was there a time when you realized, like, wine was the thing? You know, wine is what I'm going to focus on? Uh, wine was around the table because I come from an Eastern European family, and my dad made wine in the garage. Okay. How so was it? It was fine. Okay. It's still fine. All right. It's good. It's meant to be fresh, cold, and delicious. I mean, you go to Italy Natural. and you get it out of the battery. Yeah, get out of the barrel. Like that's what it is. I think right. maybe this. Maybe that's probably. I always want a new sensation on my palate. I think every year somebody's palate changes. Whether it's like like I use the spirits because they're so more broad. Like you start with like vodka and then you go to rum and then you go to right. like uh, then you go to bourbon. Then you single want something malt, more scotch, single and malt right. and then you get into gin and you know that's right. kind of the thing. And here, here's some water. And. Um, and I just feel like maybe that's yeah. So uh, you were around wine. I was around wine and, and and booze. And my dad brought my dad has a copper still at home too. So he'd make some really great. I wouldn't say moonshine, but grappa brandy, like out of plum skins, and out of the grape skins too. And he was actually, strong stuff, right? It's strong, but it was smooth and. It's so good. It's sort of like, a good digestion thing too, so right? I think at, at the, the end age, of a meal, around the age of 12, 13, I would sip a little bit. I never overdid it. I never felt. I'm unfortunately a good kid, and I never was rebellion. Okay. I never I was rebellious. That's what you think? Yeah. Now, you know, then I then get in your 30s and you start wanting to do stuff. Right. Um, and so I always had this tolerance and this discipline about it. So yeah, when I was in high school, going to parties, drinking, and I knew my cutoff point. I knew I, I just knew not to get in trouble. But I had a pretty decent tolerance. And that's probably the, that's where the drinking came in. Um, the passion and all that was more like, why is this different than this? And what is, you know, why is this so expensive? And why is this not so expensive? And learning, and it was like the first art I got into that it's like, okay, I know why these are different. Now, why are they different and what makes them different? You started looking yeah. into it and yeah. understanding it. Yeah, and then all that opened up because my mom cooked in the kitchen all the time. My mom's Greek, and my grandma's, you know, cooking, and everyone's cooking. That, like, just those memory boxes, you know, people call them the filing cabinet in your head, like the aromas of the roasted pepper, peppers and mm. Cap Franc, or those, like, runts or banana, or the or those nerds from those, like, Shirazes or whatever it was. Like, the like for me, it's like, oh, it's, oh you smell that, that grape bubble gum, like Big League Chew? That's, for me, Australian Shiraz when it's, like, super high-octane. Like, little things like that that yep. made it fun. And it just stuck, and I wanted to get better at it. So that, that you were off to the races. But then when you get to a certain level, like now, it's more like everyone's good at different things. So like well, I, I always... think there are more people. You know, when you were throwing kudos and accolades out to the guys when you started, there were a lot less then than I think now. I also now know as a professional what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and what pieces I need to surround myself with. That's the best manager. And I want everyone around me to be better than me. Like, I need, you need to know everything. You just need to keep me, you need to take ownership of everything and let me know what's going on so then I can help you make the best educated decision so we're not doing a runaround and we're not losing money and we're not, you know, you don't, you don't look stupid in front of people. The ultimate compliment is if you drop dead, 
guy could step right in yeah. and do it because of you. Yeah. All right. So I want to download a bunch of info from you. So your wine lists have pretty heavy skew towards Italian wine. So while I have you here, tell me about some exciting things happening with Italian wines, regions, grapes, winemakers. I mean, I asked you if you wanted to bring wine in, and you made this like a science project. So obviously, you know, you're thinking, tell me what's exciting you now. Um, easy drinking wines are exciting. I think that's exciting and a lot of people right now. what makes an easy drinking wine? Low alcohol? Tell me your definition. Um, I think when the movements, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche because I said this like four or five years ago, but like just chilled reds that are easy to drink now are, you know, I mean, Gamay is, and I saw Gary but, talk about it the other day, Gamay is huge. Palo Verga is huge. But you said chilled reds. People don't think of reds chilled. So that in itself is... Okay, properly served so, no, reds. No, 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 no. A little cooler than normal. I like it is, at 55, 60 degrees. That's pretty cold for some people, but that's, I mean, again, but that's way a, more... But that's a, excuse the pun, that's a cool way to drink wine where the temperature is a little cooler. Yeah. I just mix, I mean, so um, that, back to answer your question, because I do run off, but I'm trying to focus here. <laughs> I think I ran off, but No, but um, I think... Things with, to answer your question, ever, I'm, I'm really excited that, I, that first of all, none of these are my wine lists. I think there's a beverage director, wine director, head bartender at every restaurant that takes ownership of everything there. They are the face of it, and I want them to, you know. So I like to see what's exciting them and what actually can work. Am I going to push the envelope and try things and see things, and are people going to take recommendations? Yeah. I think everyone's gotten way smarter and are just want to try something new all the time. And so to answer your question on that, yeah, I, you know, no one wants to hear Aetna anymore because Aetna was cool four years ago. But it's I visit funny. Aetna, and it's amazing. It's and funny. for me, it's still the coolest place. I'm going to go, you it's know. It's not cool anymore. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> but, you know, there's things coming out of, you know, other parts of, of Italy, sorry, of uh, Tuscany. There's, I mean, I've always loved Liguria because I got it. That's the first region I had to really learn that I had no information on when I opened Ifiori. I still love Liguria. That's coastal lines. Tuscany. Coastal. It's nor northwest, north of yeah, south of Piedmont. I mean, Vermentino. Yeah. I mean, that was on my list. That was on my list to show you. I but was I got, almost going to pick it, but I deferred to you. I, I went kind of a little more geeky. Yeah, because right I'm, I'm, honestly, I want. I'm being selfish. I really want to taste this one because I've not had it since I was in Italy. That's and they, why I want. And they one. brought it in because I requested it. So, um, or we requested it. Um, so regions like Liguria. Liguria. I mean, free. I mean, I just. think... But you're still a big fan of you know Etna and Sicily and all of that. Yeah, I love okay. it. Okay, love it. Keep going. Uh, um, what am I drinking? Um, Sorry, let me think about like what the last few things I've purchased or, I mean, Friuli. Uh, I think things like, I just think my motto is it's not broken. Let's see how we can make it better. So for example, like people frown on Pinot Grigio, but there's some amazing Pinot Grigio out there. Like, has it been bastardized? Yes. Was Chianti bastardized? Like, I would say like, if you want to learn Italian wine and like, oh, I'm kind of intimidated, but like, it's maybe because you had so much terrible stuff but and you look at the price point of which one's cheaper and which one's better i just think you don't have to spend that much more for some of these regions can you can you think of one and make a recommendation that's somewhat accessible retail a pinot what? grigio i mean uh, elena Valsh pinot grigio from alto adage if you want Christmas. wait so alto adage say the maker again uh, elena Valsh, like walsh like spell it 
it's I think it's spelled the same way like the 90210 family was. Walsh. Okay. Um, W-A-L. Yeah, L-C-H. Okay. So there's a Pinot Grigio if you like it and you want to up Oh, yeah, the that game. should retail for like $15. Yeah. Instead of, in, forget that other guy. Yeah, but and then, uh, I mean, but then that's from Alto Arage. And then if you go to somewhere like Friuli, who's uh, make much less juice, and it's going to cost more because there's less wine there. Right. I mean, like Vinica is uh, one of my favorites. Spell. Uh, uh, V-E-N-I-C-A Okay, Vienica uh, Pinot Grigio Yeah, and there you're going to get more of a, like a richer A little bit more dense style Because it's just, that's the style There's more moisture, it's not as alpine So for me, like, starting with that And educating people on, like, simple things like that And just questioning Is, is fun, but I mean I can get, I mean, geeky I mean, Give me I, one more I mean, I'm drinking Pella Verga all the time. So I love Pella Verga. I like... Uh, what is Ro- Pella? Tell people what Pella Roque. Verga. Oh, that's like... It's one little grape from one little place in one little spot of, outside of... In Barolo. Okay. So like that's getting super geeky and what's out there. But again, I just think... P-E-L-A... Oh, Pella Verga. P-E-L-A... V-E-R-G-A. Yeah, and there's only... If you see it, it only comes from two places in Italy, so you know it's going to be pretty consistent. Is it expensive? No. Okay. Like, I know Scampi is pouring it by the glass right now okay. from one producer. See, that's so. the point of this show. Guys like you to tell people stuff they never heard of. If yeah. it's accessible at restaurants or retail and the price is reasonable, yeah. that's great. I, I, think, um, I think what you should think about is... Um, I think people have, um, I think the last 10 years, the pretentiousness of sommeliers has gone away. So I think people are asking a lot more questions, which is great. Um, I think if you see some... Well, wait, pretentiousness is one thing. Intimidation is another. Do you mean intimidation too? Because if you're intimidating me, I'm less likely to ask you questions. Sure, sure, sure. But the pretentiousness of... Is there too. Yeah, I mean, I think you're. In t- I think you can be both in different levels of your visit to the table. Like, so right. talking to sommelier, right away I can come in and look very kind and smile, and that's not intimidating. But then if I cough at your ideas or whatnot, or like if you question why I'm asking you something, it's like oh, I didn't like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, my job is to find what you don't like first, and then put you in a category of picking something you'll like in a category. Right. Um, I think, again, everyone's gotten smarter. So, like, asking the questions or telling the sommelier of, I'm looking for something, you know, you start from the top, go down. Do I want white or red? Do I want light-bodied, full-bodied? Do I want something riper and juicy, fruity? Or do you want something drier? And kind of getting there. And then... and then. But the, con- the consumer has to talk. You Yeah, they, but they, it's, they, it's they, my they, job. It's our job to also... Pull it out. To pull it out. Right. So and that's where the unpretentiousness comes in, because the more approachable you are the more you're going to get out and you know that you're working for them you're not they're doing them a, again let me, let me reword it you're not doing them a favor right that's your if, job it's our job right so that's that's good advice i'm gonna taste this you want to taste this yes we're gonna we're gonna taste the first we're gonna taste wines for the uh, weekly wine sip um but we're gonna taste the white first this is a this is Rio. a it's a grillo grillo from 30 meters, this vineyard is 30 meters from the sea. It is the saltiest, stoniest white I tasted in the past year. I was like, I got mm. this is crazy. Uh, I haven't had it since uh, about six months ago. Teeny bit of acidity, nice. Okay. Very saline during and on the finish, like on the lip. All right, we're the gonna, producer, yeah. Sorry, we'll talk about it later. No, tell me the producer first. Uh, then, Nino Baracco. B-A-R-R-A-C-O, right? Yep. Okay. And... Uh, He's an experimental winemaker that turned into a winemaker. Um, 
in the Marcella area of Sicily. So where they make Marcella for chicken Marcella. Yeah, okay. where it's like the, so much so highly produced. And, okay. Yeah, but um, so it's at the exact opposite area of where Etna is, but. I, right. I just yeah. Go ahead. We'll talk about that more during the wine sip. All right. So you gave me some very cool um, Italian wines regions. Get out of Italy. Go anywhere in the world. Pick one other thing that's exciting you. Whether it's a grape, it's a winemaker, it's a trend, it's a region. Uh, that's why I asked the core questions before I got here because I'm not good on the spot. You got that, but the um, answers are more genuine. Is there anything in France? Is there- yeah, no, no, France for sure. Um, the thing is, I'm absorbed with Italian wines, and then French wine is still my first passion. And I just think anything that has a sense of place, um, and I just don't like highly extracted wines right now. I just can't. I can't do highly extracted wines. So like things like Loire Valley and Cab Franc, which is an easy answer. Gamay, which everyone's drinking now and it's still affordable. Um, is Gamay becoming a thing? I mean, it's it's great. It's great with food. There's great makers. The pre- is it going to be like the next rosé, or it's that good? I think um, let's let's see how this Beaujolais Nouveau year goes okay. because it's all coming out. And you mean if it goes crazy, that's I not just good. I've been seeing a lot, a lot. Okay. Uh, just just as a if uh, if I'm gonna hedge the market, um, I've seen a lot more Beaujolais Nouveau like offers out. So I think people are. Uh, Do you like Beaujolais Nouveau? Yeah, I haven't had it in a while because last time I had it, I had a lot of a big headache afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, But no, I do like. I mean, again, there's better wines out there. Like rosé, back in the day, like when rosé, like for me, back in the day when I first started, like seven, eight years ago, I didn't care for rosés from Italy too much. I always preferred like the Provençal, even the California stuff, even the Finger Lake stuff, like cooler climate, like uh, with the fruit presence without the acidity, because Italian wines are so acidic. Right. But I just think the last two, three vintages of Italian rosé. Give me a good Italian uh, rosé. Mont, uh, Monte Italy, uh, Gracchi from uh, Gracchi was the first one I tasted. I go, wow, this is really good. Like it's really laser, and it's from Etnus. Again, it's from Etnus. Mm, so that's sorry, right. but um, there's just a lot of yeah. Um, that, those are the first two that pop up in my head because that's what I have at home. That, that's plenty. Um, what you had said earlier is a good segue to what, what I want to ask you. Because the way you describe wines, I want to get your thoughts on natural biodynamic and organic wines. Yeah. But I'm curious. It's sort of two answers. I'm curious because does or doesn't the type of restaurant and clientele you have dictate how much of that you're going to carry? Like, for instance... Listen, the best, the best. Murray is going to have less than Roberta's, maybe. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's let's. So let's, give let's, me your give me your take on natural, organic, biodynamic. First. Um. All right, I'll give you first of all the let's let's get Murray out of here because Murray is also really fine dining. Yeah, and, I'm, I, no knock to Murray. No, no, no. But let's. I mean, Murray has some too. Like yeah. I Fury has. I mean, we all have it. It's just right. it's not. So let's use like Osteria Marini concept we have the restaurant we have right it's our it's our like casual it's abundance it's the stomach it's Emilia Romagna stomach of Italy and we have three major Austrian marines we have one here in Soho the, the flagship we have one in New Jersey in Burnettsville and we have one in DC completely different if anything DC's finally starting to catch like like in Soho we can do what we want Right, because it's Soho. It's Soho clientele. Clientele. It's casual. People want new things. As long as you stay within a price point, 
or it's something super geeky like Okapinti or something like that. You probably can ask for something because people know the name now. Um, you can get pretty wild there. And that's in my that's our most experimental wine list in the whole group. Then DC, you need to know how to sell it too. You know, like you there's a lot of reasons why you can do what you can do. Like if I need to play remote sommelier too and teach from far away. I know what everyone's grade level is at. So now someone in D.C., that I, that our wine director in D.C., is actually from New York and was excited about, and he, again, teaching people ownership. I'm like, let's bring, let's taste these wines. Do you like them? Yes. All right, let's put a handful of them on the list and see how they go and let's see what the crowd reacts to. And overall, it's been positive. Okay. And again, it's more like, great, this percentage of the list can be that geeky. This percentage of the list, we need to have this and whatnot. And then you get to New Jersey into Burnettsville. Now, there's areas in New Jersey that are awesome, but this is also more, a more conservative area. It's a pretty staid, upscale they, they want They want smoother they want wines. They the obvious stuff. Yeah, and that's fine. That's Burgundies, that's, Bordeaux, Cali Colts. That's great. So for me, it's more what is the clientele asking for and how, how do you, again... Yeah, do we have to have fun and do do we want to mail it in? No. Do we want to keep it interesting and fun and see like what happens and how do people react? Sure. If people don't like it, do we do we have to learn how to do we know how to react and fix it? Sure, of course. Like I know like if you don't keep evolving or pivoting, like you're gonna die. Like it's and right now this is where we're interested in. Like, is there people that this like... This is where the pivot requires attention. Right. But also there's also some real marquee producers like you know still those napa cabs and whatnot that are also super important and every there's a place for everything right um there definitely is a place for everything right so that's and, 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 that's how you and, handle the and, restaurants and, which makes total sense i mean your and, clientele location and all that and let me confirm natural wine is such a broad topic that i don't want to make it one color there are some amazing natural wines made from people that you would like wow they make natural wines i've been making wines for 50 right. years and Bordeaux. then there's, yeah, exactly. There's people that like, you can't just give it a sticker. And, and that, so you brought up one of the good points. That's part of the problem, the way it's. And then there's things that are tech. like experiments. And then people are like, oh, this is good because I like, great, that's fine. Like, there's a place for everything. Like, I might have, I have, everyone has a different tolerance. How about that? Let's look at it as a tolerance. And also, let's, let's be real with what's in the glass. Sometimes there's some effed up wine that, I just feel like drinking tonight, and sometimes I do not want to put that in my stomach. Um, but then also, again, it's all about what are you in the mood for. Right. Like right now, I kind of wanted to taste this wine again because I'm like, I just I want I want. I think Barocco's a natural, yeah, you know, low intervention guy. Like there's right? like no sulfur. That maybe the little bit um, two days of skin contact, and again, some of that's used not just because it's like I think more of as a preservative than anything else. I think for him, and. Um, so natural wine is definitely uh, environmental. I had a guy, Sam Anderson, on. He did the Mission Chinese wine mm-hmm. list. You know, kind of a naturalist. He just left and took Jorge's place at Contra and Wild Air. Oh, cool. So there's a guy that's just, that's his life. You know, with you, it's important. I have that pizzerias you... that need $7 Pinot right. Grigio, and right. I have, I need $35 glasses of white burgundy. Right. Like, I have, it's, it's yeah, it's So that's, that's why it is the way it is. Um, I'm, I'm always curious about my guest take on this, and some do it and get it more than others. Um, you're a pretty decent user of social media. 
you know, I've oh, been thank following you, very much. you for a while. <laughs> um, you do a lot of stuff in the industry. You do a lot of stuff at the restaurants. You do some very cute family stuff and all that. So if people are interested in you, they get a pretty good snapshot. But let's focus that question into, in your mind, how has social media changed how we view and consume wine? It's um, not just wine. It's the most important form of advertisement for selling yourself and also just looking what's out there. I know discovery. My, discovery. Right. Like who are you going to follow? What are they having? Uh, it's, it's 20 times more important. Like this, I think the statistic is, I think Coca, I don't know, let's just use Coca-Cola or McDonald's. So, you know, the two majorly, it takes 17 times. The statistic is 17 times for you to hear something for you to remember it. And I get it now, like Coors Light, everything, anything you watch for football, anything you watch for your news, anything like, you know, your Wheel of Fortune, like those, they're not stupid, right? So um, I think it's super important. I think it should be acknowledged more than abused because it's also, you're going to put something on there and you're going to click and you don't want it to bite you in the butt 10 years from now. Like I think right now, kids that. (laughs) But also, is there a insecurity about things? Yes. Like, it's really hard. Like you can't. There's is there a jealousy factor of stuff out there? Absolutely. Is there a? I wish we can do it better. Listen, uh, this is why when I said like I've I've been in this business now 25 years, and I'm really fortunate to know some of the best social media people out there. You know, I'm not gonna know names, but. They deserve a lot of the stuff they have. And I know a lot of these people, they're also trying to share. And I know the saying is if you don't, there's no picture, it's not done. I still feel like there's also things of like, let's keep pushing the boundary and let's keep moving with something else because I think it's important. And if you know, like, I just feel like, like back to what I was saying, like, I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, or I know like what I need to surround myself with as far as I, what I need also a location to surround themselves with, or I know like, okay, we don't do that well. So let's not even try that concept. Right. Like, let's just know what we are. Right. Um, but there's some opportunities here that people just can see like, and I, I think it's, I think it's more important and it, it's, I think it's, um, it's the most important. It's one of the most important things of advertising right now. Like for me, I think I'm actually quite decent at Instagram and stories and stuff. I have fun with it. Like my wife can tell you everything that's happening in the whole world because she just knows news and how to follow everything and like the underground railroad with everything she's a real whiz like she's like did you hear this news yet i go actually i did because i actually maybe have a couple apps or a couple things like i don't care for twitter i like instagram because it's like instant gratification like everyone's different and i don't know i just used to rely on cable tv the newspapers now it's automatic and social media but it's the same thing you know like in wine like i see you using it to promote like i know you've been pushing a lot of champagne so Mm -hmm. you'll do a thing on that i'll see you at events so it's background and then i'll actually see you doing some family stuff so you know you get involved with in a lot of different ways um yeah and the thing is i mean I'm sorry, but like I try to do as much as I can, but you're busy sometimes too, and you just can't do it. Like right. if you don't see me for a week, it's because I'm probably bogged down doing a project, right? Or I haven't found anything that was inspirational or something like that. Or and then sometimes you just want to like, I, I know friends that are just like, I'm gonna be off for a whole month. Great, 
awesome. Like it's it's healthy. It's like you know everything's instant, instant, instant right now. And if you don't, if you're not instant, and not even just with social media, but with emails and your phones and stuff, like you lose an opportunity. You lose that allocation. You lose that that you know not allocation, but you know what I'm saying. Like somebody else is gonna grab it before you. So. Yeah, it's um I, I for me it's been great for discovery. You know, when discovery I, is amazing. When I follow a guy like you and I see the stuff that, you know, you're pouring or what excites you, you know, and then you take that and all the other people you can follow, you really get a sort of true sense. And one thing that I've tried and <clears throat> I'm trying to get better at and I think is that and this was I use this philosophy not just with social media but with any projects we do. Like I just came from working on a project. I'm I Fiori, we're trying to launch a new midday thing, right? And it's like, let's just not just put something up there and see what happens. Like, let's see what actually works. This restaurant's been open for eight years now. We're going seven, eight years. And it's like, what are we? So the concept is going to focus on what we are and what we want to advertise ourselves at, not just what, like, the trends are currently or whatnot. So, like, we're going to go Sounds through like our Sounds like you're strengths. doing the right thing. So um, my point is that you want to focus on... I'd rather take an extra day, week, month to make sure it comes out properly and there's no surprises afterwards. Now, that's my job. I agree with that. But it's hard because sometimes things have to happen. There's no timing. We're very fortunate. I've gotten so much support from my company. I'm given so much autonomy for my company. And my job is to hopefully, when I'm ready to present something, I'd rather do two things amazing than do... 20 half-assed things. I agree with that. And in the But end, I have to do more like two dozen things amazing instead of 100 things half-assed. Right, <laughs> right. Um, all right, so let's talk about the restaurants. Um, you got to, you know, I want to talk about the restaurants and the wine programs, and I want to get your take on all of that. Yep. But I, I kind of mentioned to you outside before we went on the air, but you got to answer this for me. I'll try. Um, how does a guy named White... From Beloit, Wisconsin, of no places, Wisconsin, yeah, um, become one of the greatest Italian chefs in the U.S. You know, and then wraps it around with guys like you and an incredible wine program. We'll talk about the Grand Award in a second. Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy story, isn't it? Michael White, you know, one of the owner partners of the Alta Morea Group. Uh, Michael's an amazing chef. Uh, I've been very fortunate to really work under three major chefs, and I've worked under all of them because I feel I want I. I'm proud of the cuisine and proud of be able to complement that plate. Right. Um, I didn't leave Jean George for so long because I, again, there's no best. Like everyone has different bests, but there's top lists, right? And for me, the energy I had at Jean George, I'm like, this en- someone has to at least match this in a way where I can do something different. It can't be the same because if it's the same, it's like, you know. So I just think Michael is a master at his craft. His food is delicious, and it's super accessible. It's familiar, and it's yes. not not I don't want to say pretentious again, but it's not it's I, not it's I, not fancy. It's not it's not it's not it's, it's uh, first of all it's fancy because it's high quality and it's special, but it's not a thousand things. I, I agree, and the environment, the yeah. environment, you and know. we don't we we never done that. Like Maria, like became the first place where wow, this is like. Uh, expensive, like a high-end restaurant where I can go with my jeans. Right. It's also the Le Bernardine of Italian seafood. Yeah. <laughs> or a vice versa. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's 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 go with the strengths. Um, I, I want you to toot your horn a little. Um, <laughs> the restaurants are predominantly Italian. Pretty much all of them. Um, 
Ifiori just received the 2018 Wine Spectator Award of Excellence, mm-hmm. which for a restaurant for wine service, you know, is the highest award from one of the most followed publications. Let's start there. What does that award mean? It's validation. I mean, tell me what that means and what do you have to do to earn it? So the grand award from Wine Spectator, I mean, there's always haters and everything, right? So nothing's right. perfect. So I'm not even bringing that up. Yeah. Okay. But it is what it is, and I it's have, still very important. I have, um, I have um, respected the Wine Spectator. I've worked the wine experience. I've been very fortunate to be one of the few sommeliers invited every year. And I, I've res- it's still, um, without that source of media, this is one of the main reasons why wine is what it is today. Agreed. And they still figure a way to keep themselves relevant. Now, do people? Do other people come in? Yes. Is there some other amazing public? Yes. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a competition to keep yourself strong. They're not at the forefront of the natural organic, but no, they don't no. have to be. But they've also pivoted from like those big like yes other person wines. They've opened, and up. I respect. There's. I'm very fortunate to, throughout the years, meet a lot of the journalists, and they are, I, I just, I know who they are, and I could, I definitely respect what they do, and to do it in such a broad, it's hard to do broad, you know, like, food and wine has to be broad, wine spectator has to be broad, wine and spirits have to be broad, and they all do an amazing job, they all are still around, and they're all around because they all, um, they're good at what they do, right. and they all, um they all um, teach us something that still wants to be taught, wants right. to be read. Right. So um, that so that award um, has always been the like the the coveted like you need a thousand, hundred thousand bottles, like you need like a big budget, and for the most part, that's not completely true anymore. Um, I think I did it with we we did it, not I. I I could not have done it. Like the it's, team there is amazing. It's, it's the always people that the royal we from here on in. I mean, so, of course, um, it was you and everyone else. There, um, the point was to keep it focused, and everyone's got ADD in this city, <laughs> and putting the proper few minds together, and given the support and the budget and the space. Because right now in New York, it's all about space. Tough. And I think Wine Spectre is empathetic to that. And they're also, they see the process. And for us to be at Ifiori Marea, Restaurante Marini, and at uh, Vaucluse having the best of award for so many years, you know, I, I picked their brains. They've always been there, you know, I'm not going to mention who it is, but they've given the proper, the advice of, you know, there's no answer. It's like a math problem. You want the answer, but like, how are you going to get to it? You got to do the work. And um, yeah, it's, it, was I very surprised when we got it this year? I thought we needed one more year. Oh, and so that's great. That's it was yeah. So it you aspire it. to it; it'll come eventually. But it hit you unexpected. Yeah. That's a nice. And thing. And it's it's listen. I we'll see. I don't have the answers yet of what it's done yet because we just won it, and the season's about to start. New York, in New York City, it works the way the way. I mean the 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 season starts after the Jewish holidays. Right. We're about to start. Right. Let's see what happens. We'll check back with you. And, and see. in all honesty, I'm very lucky to have such a big group and so much support that it's not one restaurant. We didn't mortgage the house on it. Right. Right. And you have um, Wine Spectator Recognition Awards at other places. Mm-hmm. All right, Harista, we got to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to just uh, talk about a couple of the other restaurants and wine. 
Um, then I want to subject you to our wine list. I want to get your take on a few things. And then we're going to dig deep into these uh, two wines that you brought in. That's so far we're, <laughs> we're off to the races. Yeah. So you're listening to The Grape Nation. Our guest is Christo Zazowski. We'll be right back after this message. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best-tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of the Swiss Gruyere into the United States, but that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach cave-aged cheeses, Der Scharfe Max, Appenzeller, Tete de Moin, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. All right, we're back. We're back with my guest, Christo Zizovsky. Christo is the corporate beverage director at the Alta Marea Group. We were just talking about Osteria Marini, Marea. We were talking about the Grand Award at A Fiore. They have great pizza at Nicoletta, and we'll talk about a few more. Um, so you get the big award, and like you said, you'll see what happens. Talk to me about like a place like Marea, which is arguably one of the best seafood restaurants, certainly the best, one of the best Italian seafood restaurants. That wine list has to be a little different because of the food, right? Is it? You'd be surprised. Um, it, which is for, what I was fishing for. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Uh, first of all, yes. Um, you need trophies there anyway. You need trophies there anyways. And some people want Amarone with oysters anyways. Right. Um, God bless them. First of all, I mean, that beverage program is run by Francesco Grosso. He opened the restaurant back in 2009. And anything that you have there, drink there, order there, or have been recommended and enjoyed goes to his uh, – right. is a feather in his hat for sure. And um, But that list, yes, is – you know, it's that is an intra- international restaurant as well. Like I've been very lucky to be brought up at John George and I Fiori being hotel restaurants, so you need to have something for everyone because you don't know who's going to walk in the door. But that when restaurant, you say international, like meaning like it's clientele, clientele, clientele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the food is sort of international. Excuse no, no, you no, no, know, no, no. John I'm, George I'm French. I'm content. sorry, I'm thinking about who's going to come in there. Yeah, restaurant. no, I agree with that. It's a very diverse. So, um, um, he can, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, the list there is. It's Italian, French, and American dominated. Let's say that. But also, it is a lot of seafood, a lot of crudo, a lot of pasta. So there, you can. I mean, in any. I think what I've learned is that if you're going to have a regional or a cuisine style, and you want to go affordable somewhere, or go somewhere experimental, or go somewhere like, you know, that's where you go. So like, white Italian whites there. That list is amazing. Like, just a little background about uh, Francesco as well. He was back in Inoteca days. Like, in, I mean, sorry, he was back in Inoteca back in those days. So, like, he, he knows how to push the envelope as much as he can there. And I've learned so much from that wine list. Again, like, all the wine directors in a way, it's like, what's exciting, what's cool? And 
But yeah, if you want to drink your Salaya and you want to drink your Oprion or you want to drink Soldera. your Soldera, even though Soldera goes with everything, in my opinion, right. they can't, can't afford it anymore. It goes with oysters. It goes with oysters. <laughs> right. um, yeah, it is a little bit pricey. But yeah, no, I mean, but that's the market now too. Like everything's getting more expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't let you get out of here without telling me because you oversee Nicoletta, which, you know, is pizza. And some other food, a fairly simple wine list. Mm -hmm. But this makes you the expert. Tell me the two or three best wines that go with pizza. And I know each pizza varies, so let's start with a margarita. You, you know, you can only pick one. I know there's a lot more answers, but you got to give my you know uh, what the, you know some what, intel. You know, you know what one of the best-selling wines of that list is that's been there since the beginning? What? Lambrusco. Well, you bingo. I think Lambrusco. I'm glad you said that. Lambrusco is a terrific pizza wine. Yeah. Why? Because it's uh, why it's uh, red. It's, it's, it's bubbly. It's, it's red. It's bubbly. We use a uh, Gasparosa there, so it's not super acidic. It's more of that dark purple. Uh, it's got fruit, a little bit of off dryness to it, but even though it's considered dry, it's ripe. Um, Not it's chilled. It's chilled. chilled. We love chilled reds. And we love chilled reds. I know. Like now, it's all making sense to me. Oh my god, I'm getting. All right, so now I'm introducing a pizza that's got meats on it. It may have, you know, the prosciutto. Yeah. It may have sausage, meatball, a combination. Yeah, and I mean, you got a little more oil, meat. Give me another wine for that. Again, keeping it very simple. Yeah, only Montepulciano, Debruzzo. Okay, because it's still dark fruit. And it still can be juicy, but it also is a little bit meaty. Like, it's a little bit, has that kind of gaminess to it. And again, there's a lot of wine out there. There's a lot of good and expensive. There's a few, few. But then there's also some, I mean, again, I try to source those families that, this is what I've been making for generation over generation over generation. I'm not here. I'm not a uh, conglomerate picking right. it up. Like, it's, right. it's, it's meant there, you know, it's, it's, it's soulful wine. So... Lambrusco, which is a red sparkling wine, you drink it chilled, and Montepulciano di Abruzzo. Now, clarify you know, something for me and my listeners. Yeah. People know Brunello di Montepulciano, which is Sangiovese. This, what you're saying, I'm going to correct you. And this is why well, no, there's a lot I, of M's. No, 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 no because ahead. you're getting all the regions mixed up. Okay. Right. So there's Brunello di Montepulciano from Montepulciano. Oh, I, I got that wrong. My, my bad. There's Vino Noble di Montepulciano. Which is also Sangiovese from Tuscany, from a town of Montepulciano. And then, yes, there's Montepulciano de Abruzzo, which is a grape from the region of Abruzzo. So, what is the grape? Montepulciano. Right. So, it's a grape and a region, is right. what's confusing. That. Right. So, the thing with Italian wine, which is actually a little simpler, first of all, Italy's super complicated because there's so many grapes. But if you understand the framework, of a wine list or the way they're they're labeled, it's not as intimidating. Yes, is there like a, is there hundreds of Italian grapes where you need to learn only like a dozen French grapes? Yes. Okay. So like you know for for red grapes, I can name it off by two hands of the major red grapes in Italy. Sorry, France. Right. In Italy, it gets confusing. But if you look at a wine list, it's usually the grape from somewhere. Like yes, is there the Chiantis or is there the Brunello, the Montalcino that you need to know? It's Sangiovese. Yes, but for the most part, it's like Barbera da Alba. It's um, uh, again, like if you, it's like 
again, usually it's something from somewhere. And if you see the list saying something from somewhere, you know, okay, the first part's the grape and it's from right. this location. Right. So when I break down a list and then you get to the, you know, the, the hardcore main, like once you teach someone the top, like 10 major regions in, it, in Italy, which are not one from another, and then they learn the one from another, it's actually not that bad. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, but it's something you have to oh, yeah, pay you have, a little attention towards, take a little You need interest. to know what grade but level everyone's that's at. That's my listeners want to go to the next level. All right, so there's your pizza wines. I'm going to subject uh, Haristo to our wine list. Haristo, I'm going to ask you about five or six questions. Don't dwell on them. Buzz through them. It's your take. Are they yes, are they yes and no questions? No. <laughs> it's, your, it's you, your take. You know, yeah. So it's personal and all that. So the first question is, what are you drinking now? Are you, is it seasonal? Are you trying stuff for the restaurant? Are you obsessing over something? What's on your table? Uh, what did I just buy? I bought some... What am I drinking now? I mean, I drink Pelaverga a lot. Okay, uh, you mentioned Pelaverga, uh, sorry. which is cool... Uh, no, no, that's Barbera uh, de Alba, which is like the crossover drug. Like, if anything, I, I do great like it. Italian from Barolo. Um, <sighs> give me one more. Uh, what, what did I get at home recently? Let me think. Uh, You're going uh, too slow. Yeah, I know. I'm going way too slow. Um, Pinot Gris from um, what did I just bring? Uh, buy some some Jolie Lod Pinot Gris from California. Like just easy J-O-L-I-E-L-A-I-D-E, drinking. J o l i e l a i d e Jolie. Beautiful, beautifully ugly. Yeah. All right, so. Favorite? Do you have a favorite wine and food pairing? Is there something that you'll do more often than not, or you don't? Um, I like. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk like subjects. So I like champagne with spicy food. Okay. Or anything sparkling. Okay. That's not. It can't be extra brut though, because then it really is. Break down spicy for me a little better, like spicy Sajuan. Thai. Thai. Okay. I just go Thai. So here's, I'm going to move along. Your answer is champagne and Thai. And then the other That's thing, a, a weird one is, uh, sorry, are we running out of time here? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Uh, espresso and Barolo. Espresso, coffee, and Barolo. Yeah. Just kind of switch drink, back and forth. If, no, no, no. Just drink, drink uh, espresso. And then go drink some Barolo. Okay. It's like my, it's my like, it's like my, it's like my acid on a tongue kind of thing. All right. That's the <laughs> first time ever here. All right. Your wife, Tia Keenan, right? Yes. It's a bit of a cheese expert. A little bit. She has a new book coming out called Melt, Stretch, and Sizzle. I don't even think it's out yet, right? No, it's out October 2nd. The Art of Cooking Cheese. She's a cheese expert. It's coming out in October. Give me the classic wine and cheese pairing. Give me that wine and give me that cheese. I mean, for me, it's... Uh... It's usually something high acid, like some Chenin Blanc or something with Comte. Okay. Comtes can never go wrong with that. No. I, I like Alpine cheese, so that's like my go-to. And plus... Aged Comte? Yeah. Okay. All right. I ask this question. I say the same thing every time. You're not leaving anyone out. You're not incriminating anybody. But your favorite wine restaurant and our bar, a place that has great wine service, great selection, a good knowledge to it place to hang out could be just a wine bar could be just a restaurant give me one or two um you know when i had a kid when i didn't have a kid i could answer these so much quicker um wine bar like if i was going to go have a good glass of wine i mean i used to go i mean terroir and i I have to go visit them down in tribeca because i'm overdue but um that was always my place to go and uh one more um where do i I'm so boring. Isn't it weird because you so, have a kid now? I'm so All right, boring. we'll go with terroir. Do you have a favorite all-time wine? 
Is there one? Is there a couple? Are you talking about like prestigious or like... No. Anything that's favorite to you for whatever reason. Not the most expensive yeah. or the only time I tasted Domini, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not like my 61 La Chapelle or something like that. Well, no. If that's it, that's it. <laughs> no, because I... Um, for me, I enjoy drinking usually a chilled, crisp white, ideally like Chablis of some sort, and something that's not too malolactic. So, like, it's got to be firm. I like firm, refreshing white. Can you think of a maker that comes to mind? So, like, you know, uh, Fevle or... Or so those are your favorite ones? Like, I mean, I, I, I love Dobisop, but that's also like geeky and right. allocated. But I would go like a clean, refreshing, like Louis Michel is still great, you know, like things like that. I okay. I probably have those in the fridge to drink. And then also Vermentino from, uh, from Liguori. Liguori. I just, and Figato, yeah. That, those whites are just great. All right, I'm going to post those. Uh, two more questions. You should be able to nail this. I hope so. <laughs> Best wine around 15 bucks, 15 bucks a little more. Give me a red, give me a white. You can give me a maker, category, grape, like Muscadet, whatever, whatever you think. I always say this, it's boring already. My kids are in their mid 20s. They're starting to make a few bucks. They're going to dinner yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. want to bring a crappy wine. But give me the killer choice for 15, 20. Give me a red, give me a white. Um, well, coming up soon, I would. Go to you know those wine shops that have again like a wine list, anything crazy, and look for like what's cool in that area for suggestions. But like I would so say, rely on your winemaker at a good place to pluck something cool. Um, oh my god, so sorry. Um, I would say any Beaujolais Nouveau right now that's going to come out. So do good, that. Good answer. That's our red. Gamay. That's our red, and then white. I probably. Go back to Vermentino? No, because they're expensive. Right. They don't make a lot of wine there. So I'm thinking of somewhere that makes good and has plentiful whites. Um, I probably would do, um, you know, Finger Lakes and Dry Riesling. Like there's... there's Good one. There's not a lot. Good one. They're they're coming into a great stride now. They're coming into a good stride and... And they're local enough that um, I think you're going to still... I mean, if it's, it's if anyone has it, you know that it's not there because it's a gimmick. Right. I think that's a good recommendation. Last question. Nebbiolo or Sangiovese? <laughs> oh, man. It's like I have two kids and you cut one of my fingers off. Well, you don't have two kids. I know. I only have one. <laughs> yeah, so... That's a bad example. You have it, to pick one. I would... Uh, I'm surprised. I Honestly, I would have thought Nebbiolo. Yeah, I don't know why, it just is. from gleaning. Um, I say... Are you that close on both? With food, Nebbiolo, and time to open the bottle up, Nebbiolo. Okay. If you're running out of time and you kind of want to pop something, Sangiovese. Okay. Good answer. Um, I take that as a slight lean to Nebbiolo, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but props to both. All right, we're going to wrap up the show. We're going to try to do this in about five minutes. Every week we taste a different wine on air for our weekly wine sip this week. Um, Christo was kind enough to bring in uh, not one, but two wines at his suggestion. Uh, we've been drinking the 2017 Baracco Nino Terra Siciliane Blanco Grillo Vignamari. That's our white. How'd I do? You did great. Listen, I'm going to use your podcast. I'm going to use your podcast of how people should pronounce my name. 
Okay. And then we're going to taste. We'll do this first, and then we'll go back to the white. Yeah. We're going to taste a 2016 Berlato Barbera de Alba. Berlato is a very highly regarded uh, yeah. maker. Barbera is something you mentioned a couple times during mm-hmm. the show. Um, it's a wine from Piedmont. So let's pick up the... Uh, the uh, Barbera de Alba. Yeah. Grape? What grape? Grape is Barbera. Barbera. It's from Piedmont. It's from Alba in Piedmont, which is the whole encompassing area where Barolo Barbaresco is. So okay. it's got to be in, in that area. All right. So color? Oh, I mean, it's young and fresh, so it's this kind of dark pink uh, ruby color, and pretty, it holds through. Yeah. Mine's pretty deep ruby. Yeah. It's you fresh know. and it's pink. Dark, dark, dark pink, yeah. Give me nose descriptors. I mean, it's... Cherry, wild cherry, a little bit of red, uh, red, red fruits. Okay. So red fruits, but more like fresh, kind of the first uh, pick of the season, not sitting on the shelf. So freshness is a word that keeps coming up. All right. So now. But also. Christo, let's throw it over the tongue and I want you to give me some uh, palate descriptors. Okay. So the reason why this wine is kind of the crossover drug of Italian wine, if you're going to drink something first for red, is because it has the plump. Wow intensity but it's not tannic no so the wine doesn't hurt your mouth it's got refreshing acidity so there's a one thing that uh i mean greg harrington taught me this back if figure out how much acid a wine has if you want to keep picking a glass up and drinking it and drinking it and drinking it it's not that you're an alcoholic it's that the wine has high acidity and it's pleasurable to drink and this wine has high acid without tannin so it's like kind of drinking like a sauvignon blanc or whatnot or a muscadet uh where the wine is refresh and crisp and you want to keep drinking it give me uh my first mouthfeel it's got a pretty nice medium medium plus body right yeah i would say medium body about medium length it makes you want to keep drinking more it won't overwhelm it doesn't really need food and that's why it's another crossover wine because a lot of we're 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 the coca-cola kool-aid uh general like you know um society here in america so like it has that ripeness and that pleasure but then it makes you like want to drink more do the nose descriptors carry to the palate the red fruits what else do you get red fruits uh a little bit of uh like dried mushroom a little Mm. bit of um earthiness a little earthiness yeah a little bit of tobacco um kind of crunchy though too like like you have the, you're like you're playing in the like you're a kid playing like running through like there is the bushes. a crunchiness to yeah it. there's a little bit of that, uh, that kind of fresh gr- crunchy a, nice but at green kind of like running through like right. pine like not pine but like I don't know I'm thinking as a kid running around playing the grass and stuff like that too. now you said a minute ago you know it doesn't have to pair with food but if you did pair it with food what's a good classic pair well just like Pinot Noir I would treat this wine like Pinot Noir okay that's why it's so kind anything, of familiar like from fish. So like pork, roast chicken, roast chicken. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 very food friendly, but it also hold up to if you had a lean piece of beef and stuff like that. Yeah, it would hold up to that. Yeah, it's a terrific wine. What's try to work it up? What's approximate retail? If you can find it, right? Berlato is very hard. Thirty dollars. If kill a bottle of wine for thirty bucks, yeah. right? That's the problem. Yeah. All right, let's go back to our white. Um, uh, another wine from uh, Piedmont. I mean, from uh, Sicily. Sicily. Yeah. The Baracco Nino Terras. So it's the Grillo grape. Grillo grape, which is usually an aromatic varietal. Sorry, here, get some more. Uh, but this wine does see skin contact for okay. two days. Sorry, skin contact for so two days. So there's a tinge of orange to it. A tinge of orange, but also takes those primary fresh floral aromas and makes them a little bit more savory. Now, there's a lot of flower in this grape, though, this wine. 
but it's under layered all of this really like, it's like, you know how you come home, you know when you're in the car when you get back from the beach and you can't get that stickiness off your body? That's what's in this glass. That's it, huh? Yeah. All right. So give me the color, like we said, is so you it's know, slightly cloudy, slightly cloudy, it's orangey. Got the, it's got this like, uh, yeah, it's got this like, uh, like onion yellow thing going mm-hmm. on, or more than orange, and um, on the nose, it's the the nose is crazy. I'm so bad at this. I. I I identify things, but I can't describe. Like we them. talked about when we were on the break, it's Saline. like it's like it's like if you were to put the whole oyster in your mouth and you can eat the shell too. You have that that shell. It's this. So this, like I said earlier, this vineyard is thirty meters, a football field away from the water. So I, it has a lot of that marine character. Now I love that from like Liguria because again, it's all coastal and sea breeze. I love that from Campania because it has that wind coming in. But I don't know. This is just like again. It's again it makes sense. It's from the west side right. of the island, west side of the boot. You know, it's coming from that side. It's got a good mouthfeel. Um, give me palate descriptors. Mm. I think it's tough. The palate to me is tougher than the nose. Yeah. So something that happens with like some skin contact wines is that it has tannin and it has some texture, but for me. I kind of, if I give anybody like, what does it relate to? Because it's all about what can you relate it to. It has sometimes like this hoppy kind of beer thing going on. Yes. But it has the flavors of wine. Yes. So that's the best way. That is a good way. But it's not It's a very like, different wine. Yeah. What is about it? food pairings with this? I mean, we said oysters, so oysters, for sure oysters. I mean, any, sh- any shellfish. Um, it'll bring, like anything, um, like think of sweet, like, you know, any shellfish. So yeah, like crudos or lo- uh, like oysters, uh, sorry, uh, scallops or lobster. Like Ceviche? Yeah. It's fine. For sure. Crudo the vinegar. Like vinegar and vinegar works because It'll, this is a little natural. So it does have that that kind of zesty, but it's really fresh lemon pulp. Like anything that has lemon or needs lemon, I would drink this with. That's perfect. the best way to explain it. What uh, retail ballparkish? Um, About 30 as well. This is... Okay. Uh, this wholesale's a little bit more than the red, but is not really well known, so I don't think it would be marked up that much. Twenty five thirty. I don't know about you, but I love both wines. Not like, but love. Thank I you. I mean, they're both uh, very interesting. I want to thank you for bringing those in. Um, I will post the wines um, on my social media, so you don't have to worry if you didn't hear anything. Risto, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation. Follow us on Instagram at sbenruby. That's my page. And follow the hashtag, The Grape Nation. On Twitter, follow us at, at @benruby. Um, also subscribe to The Grape Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. As I said, we'll post Risto's wine list and weekly wine sip selections and answers on our social media sites. Risto, if we want to follow you on social, where should we go? Uh, Risto Z. H-R- Spell, please. H-R-I-S-T-O-Z. Okay. That's and it on Instagram. The Z is for Zazowski. Yeah, everyone still calls Some people call me Risto's, but that's okay. And... The restaurants fall under the Alta Marea Group, A-L-T-A-M-A-R-E-A. You could uh, Google them, and you know there's a lot of information on every restaurant, including the wine lists and all of that. Yeah, all the wine lists. Um, we use Binwise, so all the wine lists on every single site are up to date, and at least what they are currently printed as. Perfect. So. 
I know that you change almost yeah. every week. Not everyone does that. I mean, some every day. And the last note for some friends, the Sonoma County Wine Auction is this weekend, September 20th through the 23rd. It's the largest fundraising event in Sonoma County. Mingle with renowned winemakers, bid on rare wine lots, or a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Funds raise benefit local organizations supporting literacy, education, environment, health, human services, and arts, and culture. Go to SonomaWineCountryAuction.com for more info. I want to thank our guest, Christo Zazowski. Christo is the Corporate Beverage Director at Alta Marea. You understand what he does now. I want to thank our engineer, Jeet. Second time up at bat for this show. And everyone at the Heritage Radio Network, I'm Sam Van Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.